This morning, we are in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're coming to the end of the book of Ephesians. The title of the sermon this morning is The Shoes of Peace. And um, let's read our passage. We're going to read Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10 through verse 15. And as we've been doing these last several weeks, um, studying the armor of God, we're going to be reading and teaching primarily from the New King James Version. So Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Ephesus, says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And then he says, therefore, because of all of that, he says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Church, this is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. We gather this morning to you, Jesus. We gather this morning with your word open, asking you, Jesus, by the power of your spirit to teach us, instruct us, help us to grow. Thank you for this good word about peace. God, help us to stand up into the peace that you have given us in the gospel. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, in this last section of Ephesians chapter 6, we see the Apostle Paul tells us that we are in a spiritual battle. And turns out that the same grace that endears us to God makes us enemies of Satan. We are at war with the devil. And so in light of this battle, this spiritual battle, Paul describes these provisions that God has made for us so that we can take a stand. Now, for the last two weeks, Dom has taught on the first two pieces of armor that Paul lists here. There's a belt of truth and a, bless, a breastplate of righteousness. And today, we're going to examine the third piece that's on Paul's list here, the shoes of peace. But before we talk about these shoes, it's important for us to remember, as we've been doing each week, there are four things, four important principles, really, for us to remember and apply to every piece of armor. These, these four principles apply to all of the armor of God. The first is that the armor is God's armor. Right, the battle is spiritual. Other people are not the enemy in this battle. Satan is the enemy. And so traditional weapons and traditional armor are not what is required to fight this enemy. And so Paul has instructed us first to put on God's armor. The second thing we need to remember, the second principle we need to remember about this armor is that the armor points us to Jesus and is fulfilled in Jesus. Everything about this armor declares the victory of Jesus over Satan on our behalf. In the book of Romans, then again in Galatians, uh, we see Paul tell us to adorn, literally to put on Jesus as our armor. And so as Dom taught, Dom taught on the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, and today these shoes of peace, as we adorn Christ, we are clothed 
in God's armor. The third principle about this spiritual armor is that the armor is metaphorical. This armor is not magical. We don't, you know, pray it on like we're casting some kind of a, a weird spell. Like, Lord, give me the, you know, the shoes of peace. And then all of a sudden these like, you know, ancient magical shoes appear on our feet like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz or something like that. No, every piece of armor is a metaphor for the spiritual reality. And it's necessary for us in the spiritual battle to apply and to walk into and to live from a place of the reality of the gospel. That's Paul's point here. The armor is metaphorical, not magical. Finally, last thing we need to keep in mind, the armor must be appropriated in order to be effective. You got to put armor on. So talking about the armor, praying it on, that, that's not really what Paul is talking about. In order for the armor to do its job, we must apply the spiritual reality of Jesus's victory over sin and over Satan. And Paul says, as we do that, as we stand up in our identity in Christ, as we stand firm, as he's encouraging us in the reality of what Jesus has done for us, this armor represents the reality of the gospel that Jesus has done for us, that we then stand up and live from. And so today we look at how the gospel of peace functions as footwear. Now, I'm kind of old. In the 80s, when I was in junior high, it was cool to wear Nike high tops. Okay, and these shoes were very specifically designed to be basketball shoes, but I didn't like basketball. Um, I didn't play basketball because I wasn't good at basketball. I didn't even watch basketball, but I wanted Nike high tops. And I think my mom was okay uh, with investing in these expensive sneakers because I think in her mind, she thought there was going to be, you know, maybe a little more uh, protection for my ankles or whatever. They're, oh, he wants some reasonable shoes. However, the second I got those shoes home, I put these stupid big fat laces in them. And I made them about as loose as you could possibly get so you never had to tie them because it was cool to be able to slip your feet on, you know, slip the shoes on and slip them off and you kind of drug your feet around as you walked. I mean, at least in New York, that was cool. My junior high school sounded like 3,000 students dragging expensive high tops down the hallway behind them, right? These shoes were horrible in the winter time, right? The snow and the slush, your feet were always cold and wet and then they were crazy hot in the summertime, leather shoes. They were too loose to run in. I had to have a second pair of shoes in my gym locker for gym class, but they were the right brand. They were the right style. I felt I was wearing them in the right way and they were achieving their purpose for me. They're totally impractical, only used and helpful so far as they were helping fulfill my early adolescent desire to you know, look and feel cool, whatever that means. But today, Paul is addressing the shoes that soldiers wear in battle. And soldiers entering battle wear purpose-built, practical shoes. They don't wear shoes to look cool, right? They're not wearing shoes in an effort to satisfy their personal insecurities. Their shoes protect their feet so they can do what they need to do. Paul is talking about a very practical piece of footwear, right? He has it under the category of armor, not accessory. And what do soldiers do? They work, they march, they fight. And the first century, there was a historian named Josephus, and he wrote about the successfulness of the Roman army. And Josephus observed that the Roman army had this incredible footwear, and he actually wrote about it. 
Roman soldiers were, in fact, the first to wear sandals that had hobnail, uh, hobnail sandals, if you will, that went through and attached the upper to the lower, so they were able to use thicker soles. The hobnails uh, hang down below the sole and act as cleats, so they had traction. Before hobnails, sandals were stitched together. You had to use soft leather. You had to use some kind of a soft leather thread, so they would tear apart, left the bottom of your feet vulnerable. But these new sandals, this new technology made a sturdier sandal. A soldier could march, as the Romans did, all over Europe, into Asia, northern Africa, on hobnailed sandals. The soldiers were sure-footed on any terrain. They could march for months on end. And here's one of the coolest parts of these, is you have a legion of soldiers marching into a city on a Roman cobblestone road. You can imagine how intimidating that would sound as they walk and march in step, their hobnails hammering the ground, a thousand right feet and then a thousand left feet at a time. It brought terror into the citizens. Now, Paul was a Roman citizen living in a Roman conquered territory. He would have been very familiar with Roman armor. He would have been very familiar with that intimidating sound. He understood the efficiency of proper armor and proper footwear, as we see in our passage. And in our passage today, Paul is saying that we have been given the correct footwear for the spiritual battle that we face. We are in a battle and God has given us everything we need, even the right shoes. And here's what he says, just to remind us. I'll read it from the New Living Translation here. Ephesians 6, verse 15, Paul says, For shoes put on the peace that comes from the gospel so that you will be fully prepared. We put on peace. Jesus is gospel peace. Jesus is the peace of God. Jesus is our peace. In our passage, Paul is talking about, we are given these shoes of peace as a foundational piece of our armor. It is what we stand on. It is what we rely upon for traction and for stability. They're vital, necessary battle pieces. Literally, we stand on Jesus's peace. And so today we're going to examine three ways that it is helpful that we stand on Jesus's peace. The shoes of peace are helpful in these three ways. The first way the shoes of peace are helpful is that Jesus's peace stabilizes us. Jesus's peace stabilizes us. Now just that word stabilizing sounds good to our ears in 2020. A little stability would be nice, wouldn't it? Well, reading about ancient warfare, I can easily become overwhelmed imagining what it must have been like to be a first century soldier fighting in a first century battle. I mean, just military life in general in the first century would have been totally unbearable for most of us. The chaos of battle must have been horrifying. And Paul says, don't worry about this battle that we face. Jesus has it covered, literally. We put on Jesus, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, shoes of peace. He's talking about adorning Jesus, putting him on like body armor. And we put this piece on, right? These shoes that he's talking about, we literally end up standing on peace. Our foundation, our platform, the, the place from which we engage or, or walk in this life is from a positional place of peace. Our footing in battle is stabilized by the peace of Jesus in our life. 
Remember that once we make peace with God through Jesus, we immediately become Satan's enemy. Satan hates what the Lord is doing in your life. Satan hates the good work that has begun in the life of your children. Satan hates the work that's going on in the life of your junior higher right now. And you better believe that Satan is on the offensive. He's sneaky. He's crafty. He's ruthless. He doesn't recognize any kind of convention in warfare. He goes after everybody at any time. And on our own strength, we lack the ability, we lack the armor, we lack the spiritual weaponry to stand in battle. And so God is saying through Paul here that his armor strengthens us in this battle, literally clothing us in his armor so we stand firm. Now picture a soldier who has this belt that Dom talked about that has the breastplate that we learned about last week, but he runs out onto the battlefoot and he's barefoot. Right, A barefoot soldier out on some battlefield. He might be protected in some places, but he will not be able to stand firm in the battle. Or picture a soldier with his breastplate and his belt, but he's got my junior high open high tops out on the battlefield. He's like twisting his ankle and stuff. I think some of us do that. We wake up and we step into battle and we've got the wrong armor on. We put our junior high shoes on rather than putting the peace of God through the gospel of Jesus on. Our identity is all confused and we go out into the world and we're not effective in battle because we don't have the armor of God on in our life. Satan loves that. He loves for us to be unarmed. He loves to dupe us into being unprotected. It means we got to grab that armor, make sure we have on the right shoes, make sure we're standing on a foundation of peace. Because if Satan can get us to trust in something that is not the peace of Jesus, then he's already won. Only Jesus' peace can strengthen us for battle. But the second thing we see about Jesus' peace is that it doesn't just strengthen us, it also protects us. Protection is another comforting word in this season that we live in right now. We live in an insecure world. Um, The self-help and self-motivation, self-made men, self-focus, self-described winners. Uh, The false religion of our culture right now seems to be the worship of self, the betterment of self. And the problem with worshiping ourself, making ourself a God, is that we are not able to provide ourselves with peace. And people today are searching for peace, inner peace, financial peace, peace with others, political peace. See, a lack of peace produces insecurity. And this is why Jesus' title of the Prince of Peace is so significant, because we need peace to have security. The Bible is very specific when it addresses peace and how we can come to know true peace in our life. First and foremost, we must have peace with God. And then from a place of peace with God, second, we experience the peace of God. We have peace with God. We experience the peace of God. And the peace of God is what brings peace with others. The peace of God in our life is what brings that inner peace that we long for. Without Jesus, we can have no peace with God. Without the peace of God, we cannot have peace within ourselves or with others. Jesus is our peace. And Satan wants to lure us out into the battlefield every day, barefoot, to cut us down on rocky terrain because we didn't put shoes on. 
Something as simple as forgetting what our foundation is. For a barefoot soldier in the first century, I mean, just simple rocks on the battlefield would have been a major threat to their security and to the security of the armor. Even darkness is a major threat if you're not wearing shoes. Without shoes, we're vulnerable. Imagine, just imagine what a barefoot soldier is thinking about on the battlefield. Insecure, you know, constantly having to look down to avoid injury, wobbly over sharp terrain, hesitant to engage in combat because of how vulnerable we are. See, a barefoot soldier is vulnerable, distracted, and essentially useless in battle. And Paul says Jesus' peace protects our footing gives us a firm foundation. Jesus's peace protects us. And the third thing we see is that Jesus's peace engages us. A fully equipped soldier who is stable and protected is a soldier who is able to engage in the battle at hand. Without armor, a soldier is distracted by personal safety rather than being able to focus on victory. But a properly equipped soldier is able to engage in the battle. In World War I, one of the biggest enemies of soldiers on both sides of the conflict was not an army. It was not a, a, a secret weapon that was deployed. It was something called trench foot. Now, before you get your phone out, you don't want to Google trench foot, okay? At least don't look at the images that come up. Let me just tell you about it. Satisfy your curiosity. Trench foot is a serious condition that, that develops when your feet get wet or your feet become so unsanitary that stuff builds up and they literally rot, your feet rot, and then you can get gangrene, and then you have to have your foot amputated. And literally thousands upon thousands of soldiers in World War II, with their helmets on, their guns, their sidearm, their grenades, their backpack full of their rations, ready for battle, were lying in hospital beds or taken out of the trenches because their feet were not tended to. Trenchfoot took out thousands of soldiers. Soldiers cannot engage if their feet are not properly protected in battle. That's how I felt in junior high, walking to the bus in slushy snow in the wintertime, just the stupidest thing in the world, right? I had boots at home, but I was wearing my high tops. Bad choice in footwear. And I fear this is how some of us tend to live I know there's seasons in my life where I feel like I'm just limping along with poorly protected feet, without a foundation under my feet. And in those seasons, those are the seasons where I tend to hide myself from the spiritual battle, feeling like if I just stay in the trench, maybe I'll be safe. Because I have no peace. I'm not sure-footed. And those hobnail sandals that Paul is referencing these Roman sandals, they would have allowed the soldier to engage. A sure footing engages a, a soldier in battle. A well-equipped soldier has a measure of peace, allowing him to focus. Even in battle, there's a measure of peace that allows us to engage. Friends, we have been given peace from God in order that we might stand firm in life. Life is hard. There's many rocky places in life. There's slick terrain. But Paul is saying we have this peace fastened to our feet that digs deeply into the soil, that, that can etch into the rock beneath our feet. 
and can cause us to stay upright, can cause us to stand firm, stabilized, protected, engaged, regardless of what the battle throws our way. Jesus's peace is the firm grip needed in order for us to engage in a world that is not stable. Jesus is our stability. Jesus is our protection, enabling us to engage. And some of us need to hear this today. We can't wait to engage in the battle that's going on around us. Satan is attacking. Your wife can't be your peace. Your husband can't be your peace. Waiting until you're married, you single people, your spouse is not going to be your peace. Finances cannot be your, your, your peace. You can't function from a place of peace if your fallback is your finances. It certainly can't be your health. The right political party in office, that's, your peace isn't going to come from that place. That's not going to bring us peace. The only peace that we can experience in this life, true peace that allows us to engage in spiritual warfare is the peace of Jesus. Jesus brings a peace that stabilizes and protects our footing when everything around us is swirling and shaking and chaotic. The world will shake around you, but Jesus's peace will keep you grounded. The peace of adorning Jesus will keep us sane in an insane world. And the insanity of battle, the peace of Jesus brings sanity. Some of us might be living today without the stability of Jesus's peace. Maybe you're trying to stand and fight, but you're fighting in your own strength. Or maybe you've got my junior high sneakers on and you're trying to like battle and run and move. Your ankles are all twisted and maybe you feel defeated. I know many people that I talk to are very anxious in this season, uh, fearful even. It's easy to lose hope. It's easy to become cynical when it seems like we don't have good footing. And I think maybe some of us have just given up. And the battle just rages around us and we don't even know, we don't have an entry point. We don't have a place where we feel like we can engage. Listen, please, the battle is not over. Jesus is not done with you. Today, the Lord wants to wrap you in his peace and give you sure footing. You can know the peace of God. If you've been trying to stand on your own efforts, and you're tired, or maybe you're nursing bruised and battered feet from battling barefoot. You've, you've not had peace. Today, God is offering you his peace as armor. But listen, this armor has to be put on. You can have the best suit of armor given to you, but if it's just laying on the floor next to you, it's not going to do you any good when you need to run out to battle. You got to put the armor on. And Paul gives us this amazing picture of what it looks like to put on the peace of God. It's found in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4, I'll read verses 6 and 7. He says, be anxious for nothing. That's a good word for us today, isn't it? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your heart in your minds in Christ Jesus. Thanksgiving, thankfulness, activates peace. And just like a barefoot soldier in battle, we're impotent, we're ineffective without peace. 
And today the Lord wants to put his peace on you as your armor. And when we do that, when we adorn Jesus, when we put him on as our armor, his peace strengthens us and protects us and engages us. You can be engaged in the spiritual battles that are going on in your household right now. Some of us, if you find yourself on the sidelines of battle, listen, Satan is ravaging your kids. Satan is ravaging your family. Satan is ravaging the people around you. He never stops. He's ruthless and relentless, whether we choose to engage or not, whether we're aware of it or not. Unengaged parents leave their kids exposed to these attacks. Peaceless households are Satan's high ground in battle. He seems unstoppable. Marriages are shot to pieces on the battlefield when we don't stand in the peace of Jesus. We are in a battle against a devious enemy, Paul says, a wicked enemy, a relentless enemy. And we need to stand firm. We need good shoes. Listen, there is good news today. There is hope for us today. If you're here and you're desperate for peace, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And the Prince of Peace is able to give you peace. How? Put it on. Remember how I said thanksgiving activates peace? Well, trust activates thanksgiving. Trust Jesus. Put your trust in Jesus. Put on his peace. The good news for us today is that Jesus has brought us peace by standing on the battlefield. Jesus has already taken the worst of the battle for us. Jesus actually took a bullet that was intended for you on the battlefield. He took a bullet for me that was intended for me. See, our sin separates us from God. Our rebellion and our rebellious spirit separates us from God and leaves us hopeless and leaves us helpless. And every one of us has sinned and rebelled against God, the Bible says. That's in our natural state. That is who we are, is in rebellion to God. But God loves us so much that he chose to take the punishment for our sin so that we could be restored to God. Jesus stood as an innocent man before the Father and he chose to drape himself in our sin. And by himself, Jesus hung naked on a cross as the guilt of my sin and the full measure of my shame that I earned Because of my rebellion and my sin, Jesus hung on the cross, draped in all of that. Everything I had earned for myself in my own strength and in my own wisdom was put upon Jesus in that day. Every rebellious thought and action and deed hung upon, draped in our sin, Jesus was found guilty by God, willingly taking the punishment And then as a condemned man, wearing the shame and the sin, offered up his own life, still cloaked in our sin. See, Jesus experienced separation from God and took the bullet of judgment that we deserve. It was a bullet that was meant for me. I earned it. Now, Jesus draping himself in our sin, he conquered Satan by dragging Satan's most powerful weapon into the grave with him. On his corpse, he took the power of Satan to take us away from God. Satan no longer has any power 
for those of us who are in Christ. And in that moment, Jesus broke the power of sin to defeat us in life. That is good news, but that's not all the news. Listen, Jesus didn't stay dead. Jesus rose from the grave, leaving sin and death and Satan's worst in the grave. Sin is no longer our master because Jesus has defeated it. This means that our past no longer defines our future. Your past no longer defines who you are. Your past does not define your relationship with God or your ability to stand like a man in battle with peace on your feet and do spiritual warfare. Women, your past does not identify who you are in Christ. Some of you need to hear that today. Jesus wore your shame on the cross and left it in the grave. You are free in Christ. Jesus is our peace. We no longer wear sin as a garment. We now adorn Jesus. Where once we were ruled by anxiety or anxiousness, Jesus is our peace. In Jesus, our anxiousness is defeated. And anxiety is crippling. And it's crippling many of us. And it, and it does it in two kind of opposing ways. First of all, anxiety can cripple us by shutting us down in fear. Right? Fear of failing. We, we cower and we just huddle in our house and, and we just like, CNN, tell me how to feel today, right? We watch TV. What am I supposed to think is true? How am I supposed to react to this? And it's just fear after fear after anxiety. Like a soldier in World War I cowering in a trench as his feet are rotting off of his body. Anxious fear is crippling and it keeps us out of the battle. But there's a second way that anxiety keeps us out of the battle. Anxiety cripples us in the opposite way. We become restless and we strive to control every situation. We strive to control every person, every relationship. We want to win every argument. This is like running around with the wrong shoes. It's like taking my J-high shoes and running around. You're breaking your ankles. You're falling. You're a danger to yourself. You're a danger to others. Anxiety causes us to anxiously move about and strive Whatever camp you tend to fall into, Jesus is offering you a sure foundation today, a foundation of peace. Today, you can activate the peace of God in your life by trusting Jesus. Jesus is your peace. Put on peace. Put on the peace of Jesus today. Be forgiven. Be separated from your sin. Put your trust in Jesus and be welcomed home by God. As a kingdom kid, God today is waiting to adopt you into his family. Put your trust in Jesus and be covered, protected by the armor of God. Receive the peace of God for you in Jesus today. Amen? Amen. Father God, we thank you again for your word. And we thank you, God, for this, this word the shoes of peace. And Lord, in a moment in history where it seems like peace isn't even a reality, it seems like peace is so completely foreign. We say together, Jesus, we desperately need your peace. We come now, Holy Spirit, ask you to move upon our hearts. 
God, that we wouldn't just agree with or understand better the things that were shared today, but we would stand up into the peace of Jesus. We would actually put peace on like shoes today. God, bring your peace. We pray today, Holy Spirit, for a response that you would move us from whatever place we're in, whatever peaceless position we're in. And Lord, that we would stand up into your peace. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.